Welcome to the Split Line Off-Road Podcast. Are you ready to go GMCC Racing? Fans running to the fences, side by side. Borch gets a better line. Oh boy, we got wheel to wheel right here, string. Trying to dive bomb down to the inside. No, can't get the line he wants. Duvalo's in control. We open back up. Here comes Neil once again. He's going for the pass. Oh, bumping going on. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Split Line Off-Road Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Rodney Cooper, and with me today, as always... Brandon Whitehair, guys. What is up, Split Line Nation? Episode 055 coming at you. We are excited to be back. We're excited to be talking about some GNCC racing. Uh, If you guys are still waterlogged from the last (laughs) weekend, go sit by the fire and listen to the podcast. I hate to be a motor builder right now because he's probably got... At least 300 motors, like <laughs> at least. Like, <laughs> I wonder how many bikes actually finished. Oh, we need man. to look that up. We'll have to look that up one time. Dang yeah. it! Why didn't we? That's what a good podcast would do. Right. A good responsible podcast would have known that to drop that right now. How many bikes actually finished? Of how many started in that afternoon race at the GNCC this weekend? It was wild. It was wet. Crazy racing going on, unpredictable championship things going on. Yeah. Um, the the women's class championship w- was a nail biter to the sides. finish. Uh, crazy, crazy yeah. racing going on from top to bottom, and we are excited to talk about it. And we are going to have a very good source to help us talk about it with. Yes, yes, that's com- very interesting. I hope he. Uh, Rodney Tomlin yes. is going to be coming on, and he's going to help us break down the racing action from the from the GNCC this weekend. Before we get into it, though, we have to thank our awesome sponsors. First and foremost, we want to thank Guts Racing since 1985. They have been a leader in seat innovation and technology. They are out of Northern California. Uh, great company, great people. Um, if you don't trust me, trust people like Thad Duvall and Joel Hetrick. Those guys trust guts in the woods and on the track. You should too. Best seat covers, best seat foam out there. Speaking of Thad Duvall, man, that seat cover must have kept him on the bike. It must have. It must have. <laughs> First win of the season for Thad. Couldn't come at a better time. Um, you know, that was a, you know, he's a good mud rider. That was yeah. a good race for him to win. He he killed it. Yep. He absolutely killed it. So congratulations to Thad. Um, and then we got to thank our other awesome sponsor, Seal Savers. Definitely needed those this weekend. Absolutely. If you didn't have Seal weekend. Savers, then... Then, uh, your, uh, shields are, your seals your seals are shot. Your seals are shot. You're probably, sending, <laughs> you're probably sending them away at this point in the year anyways. Yeah, but, but if you want a couple more rides, sorry. <laughs> why, why, yeah, why not protect them if you can? Right. Yeah. I mean, racing season is not over. No, There's no. other races going on oh, right yeah. now. Oh, yeah. There's we, a local. We, we still got a Mountain State Hair Scramble coming up in, yeah, around in here. Salem. And, uh, Wildwood Raceway is having a GP, and I think Fast Tracks is still having some. So there's still racing going on There's around still us. racing going on. The weather's not too, too bad. Like, we're uh, out here in short sleeves right now just hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. It's not quite deer stand no. weather right now, but... Yeah. Eh. Nah, no one cares about deer stand. Everybody cares. No. Nah. Thad and I care. <laughs> <laughs> so, Seal Savers. They are the first and original fork 
and seal savers. They protect everything from dirt bike forks, uh, mountain bike forks, ATV shocks and, and, and coils, uh, anything on your car, your truck, your buggy, your side-by-side -side that you are going to be thrashing. We know how bad you guys are on those side-by-sides. Oh, yeah. Just thrash them. Protect your stuff. Protect it. <laughs> Protect your stuff. <laughs> Protect your stuff. Save the seals. Oh, Save the seals. And you can do that with a generous 25% off by using the split line uh, discount code uh, with capital S split line and you get 25% off of everything on their site. Awesome. Awesome, man. Especially with the with the um, off season coming around our way. Why not throw good some for next year and and uh, keep it looking good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'll tell you, man, what, what have you been into? Well, today, I actually rode today. Yeah, must be nice. It was nice. It was yeah. nice. If um, We need to post a picture, by the way. Uh, Brandon is getting his quad ready. <laughs> <laughs> That's a secret. Brandon, <laughs> a.k.a. Woods Guy, yeah. just put some Woods wheels and tires on that 2012 yfz 450 it's a nine but it's okay was it a nine yeah oh okay nine. i'm sorry i bought it you know <laughs> my bad spent my life savings on it you did you did he's and he's had it since 09 yeah something like that and you've kept it in immaculate shape oh yeah yeah oh, yeah yeah it has never not seen you, a motocross track probably because you don't ride it but well i yeah. remember man i remember when you first caught that bike and i was like let's go ride in the woods you're like no no, this I thing, pulled out the 400 this thing, EX. This thing will never see the woods. <laughs> it never did until until now. Until, well, it hasn't still it still, it still hasn't, hasn't seen the woods. You know, but it was, eventually it will. It might just see the GP track at fast tracks. No, 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 no. We're going over across <laughs> the road and hitting the. That track's not too bad. We'll have to get a video release on that, huh? Yeah, we're going to get a video release on that. We need to get some seal savers on that bike. Yes, we do. We do. And what kind of seat cover cover does that bike have? Oof. That's an it's an old seat cover. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I got to get a guts order for We got to get a guts on that on that bike. Did I win the guts seat cover? You no, did not I win did the not guts win seat, seat, seat cover. Uh, but we know who won the seat. We do. Yeah, yeah, we know. Yeah. We know. But we're not going to tell you guys. We got to wait. We got to wait until towards the end of the podcast. Yep. And then we'll tell you. Then we'll tell you. So let's get into it a little bit while we're waiting for Rodney to get on. Um, man, this weekend was, was it everything that, that we wanted to watch? It, we didn't get to go, so we had to watch it on yeah. Racer TV well, broadcast. Put, it, put but it this way. All the noise from the last race about taking wrong lines or off the track and points deduction, it didn't even come into play. It didn't even come into play. It didn't even matter. It didn't even matter. Would you have ever predicted that both of those guys would be outside the top 50, sometimes even close to outside the top 100? I think, if I, and, and don't quote me on this, I'm pretty sure Ben Kelly was at 63rd overall on the first lap. That's insane. That's and insane. It came back to finish ninth overall. I'm not sure where Stu was. I on think the first Stu was lap. in the nineties. He was up there. Yeah. Cause he, he, uh, uh, drowned his bike out. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you what, that's probably one thing. The Yamaha on this deep water with that air, with that air, um, filter and stuff right there in the front. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that, that really struggles with the Yamaha where like all that splash, you know, that first initial splash comes up from the water. I wonder if that really plays a, a big part of that. Um, you know, especially seeing him getting his bike, like that but i mean a lot of bikes were getting that issue so i'm not sure you know what i mean yeah it's did lane finish 
Uh, you know, give me one second. <laughs> I'll it. tell you. I thought we were a good podcast. We should have had this thing covered. Good podcast. Good, good, good podcast would have it covered. Uh, but no, like you're right. The, the, we would have never expected the championship to come down the way it came down. Uh, at one point in time, I heard them say that it was like that. It was something insane. Like it rained four inches in the course of like a couple hours. I mean, that's just an insane amount yeah. of water. I mean, I ain't going to lie to you guys. If I was there with my bike. My bike would have stayed in the trailer, and I would have just watched. I'm not going to lie. You might have accidentally drowned your bike out, making it to the line. Yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a motocross guy, so I probably would have been like Dan Cottrell just splashing through the... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good story. Yeah. That was a good story. Yeah. Hey, so while you're looking that up, I'm going to talk real quick about the, the ATV race. Yeah. Man, that was a really, really good race. Uh, start to finish a lot of action going on. Um, if you haven't seen the McGill, um, video, yeah. there was a lot of stuff going on yeah. there. Uh, make sure you check that out on, on Adam McGill's, uh, Facebook page. Um, so evidently somebody hit him pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. And, it seemed intentional. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, wasn't there, least, uh, yeah. but I mean, we're just going by what what was put out there. Yeah, um, we're not gonna we're not gonna you know say yeah. one thing or the other. We don't happen, know. We don't know. But um, Adam seemed pretty upset about it. Mm -hmm. he, he said he couldn't feel his legs at one yeah, point. Yeah, that's and, scary, man. So we're yeah. glad that he's okay. Mm -hmm. We're glad that he was able to get back on the bike um, and finish the race. But first and foremost, we're glad that he was able to walk away yeah. from that incident. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people thought, for some reason, thought it was Austin Abney that did it, and it uh, wasn't. Austin. He even came on as like, hey, yeah, guys, it wasn't, it wasn't me. me. Yeah. Uh, so keep the hate away from him. <laughs> yeah. Keep keep the hate away from anybody that you. Yeah. There's no reason for it. No. Nobody needs keyboard warriors. No. You know it's fun to read the comments, but <laughs> it is. I I can't say that I've not laid in bed and and, and read through comments before, but <laughs> let's talk about the racing up front though. Yeah. Um, man, it was a awesome race from start to finish uh going into the woods john glotta ended up making the pass on walker fowler going yeah. up our, or actually crossing the creek right before iron man hill uh sweet pass glad somebody got it on video yeah and he rode strong mm -hmm. man he rode a really really strong race um and unfortunately ended up having a bike issue um at towards the end of the race uh yeah. he only only completed three laps um, they got an interview with him towards the end of the race, and um, he was bumped, but excited at the same time. He felt like he knew he had the speed to run up there, and um, was able to was able to really ride his own race and and kind of gain that confidence that he can ride with the best. So he's going to be somebody to definitely watch for next year, yeah. doing the same thing. Um, uh, man, what do you what can you say about Devin? Oh yeah, man. I, I told you. So like last week, it was just probably just a, uh, an off week, just a hair, and you're gonna have those. And well, uh, and you're right, off just a hair because we talked about it last week. The difference between third place and then what was it, sixth place that he I actually think so, finished? Yeah. The, you were splitting hairs. Yeah, just and at that that and, mud section was yeah. Was, and I mean, I think we can safely say that Devin has arrived. Yes, he has arrived. the The races weren't weren't fluke. The uh, the the podium finishes weren't a fluke, um, and even even Cole Richardson said that he had him at the end of that race. Yeah, yeah. I mean, De Devin seems to have have the program right now, and it seems to be working for him. And and uh, with the momentum that he's carried in this last these last uh, the last part of the season um, is very impressive. And and it, and it kind of reminds me how Stu did it, la it last year did the bikes. And so if it keeps coming up and going into the coming in the off season into the into the 
next year. Yeah, it's, it's gonna exciting. Be exciting. It definitely is exciting, and mm-hmm. it's exciting to see you know somebody that 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 you've watched work really hard. Uh, I, I mean, I follow him on Strava now, yeah. so I see <laughs> the work that he's putting in, and um, it's pretty impressive. I'll tell you what, man, just thinking about it, because Hunter Hart's came a long way this year. Now Devin Fihan and... and Fihan? Uh, Fihan? Fihan. <laughs> Fihan? Uh, <laughs> sorry, Devin. Devin. Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. Um, and then now you got Walker Fowler, and then Bryson Neal's going to be returning. So. Oh, I know. Have you seen um, so Have you, you seen got, Bryson working out lately on Instagram? Yeah, yeah. this beast mode. Beast up, yeah. So now you we got to get him back on the show guys, soon. Yep. Four guys that are that are. It's going to be interesting. And um, McGill said and he would have won this weekend if he didn't get wrecked. Yeah, you never know. I mean, he looked good. So I mean, you yeah. can't out. You can't count the Gator out for no. a win here. And you know, there and then you and got Coltrane. Coltrane yep. finished strong. You know what I mean? Um, you got Jerry McClure. He's obviously right outside the podium all year long, fourth, yep. third, you know, right there. Yep. And then I'll tell you what, Chris Bullers with the fourth place. Yep. I mean, you know, it's his type of track, I guess. So yep. um, anybody And then can, who finished in fifth? Josh Merritt. Yep. yep. I, this class is getting better and better every year, and it's, it's exciting to see. Yes, Walker walked away from the cha- with the championship this year, um, but – He's welcoming the challenge next year, and I think we're going to have a really good stacked class to bring it to him and to bring a lot of riders towards the front. Um, You know, what was it? At the Buck, we we saw a a five and a six battle, or a six uh, bike battle uh, for that second position. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that we can get used to, and that's something to really be excited about getting used to is those close battles. Because... For a long time, it's been a bike breaking away or yeah. two bikes breaking away. But four, five, mm-hmm. six bikes together, that's not yeah. something you typically see, and it's exciting. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, at least four that I can I can name, name off, and it's going to be it's going to get really exciting. And then, and I'm, if I'm not mistaken, we got two rookies coming up that are fast, and that's going to be um, Ronnie Rush and Brandon Owens, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, well, they're already there. I'm pretty they sure were there they were weekend. there this weekend. So you get two of those those young guys are coming up through mm-hmm. they're fast who knows where they're going to be usually it takes a couple of years to get into it but you just never know yeah you never know you never know and and i agree um those guys can definitely mix it up yeah. uh like you said though i think especially now the class is getting as strong as it is i think that you're going to see those guys probably uh try to be around that you know they're going to mm-hmm. shoot for like that fifth yeah. sixth place position i would say yeah. um who knows though? They could be battling uh, up there as well. And then you had Austin Abney with his rookie year. Yeah, you know, get um, that rookie year out of the way. Get out of the way. He got a yeah. new program. I'm pretty sure on the Yamaha and all that. So, you know, next year coming into it, never know where he's going to be. So, yeah, absolutely, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. So, and, hey, before we go any farther, what yeah. do you say we get Rodney on the line? Yeah, sounds great. He's ready to go. So we're going to get Sweet. him on the line and uh, talk to somebody that was actually there. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on, guys. All right, guys, we're back, and we have the one and only, the voice of off-road racing, Rodney Tomlin, on the line. Rodney, thanks for calling in, buddy. Hey, not a pro- not a problem. Sorry about that. All good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, uh, no, I, I've been looking forward to this for some time. I always seem to figure out a way to, to get really busy in, in <laughs> the chaotic life that I seem seem to live. Yeah. away from the racetrack but no it's good to be on man oh yeah you're a busy guy yeah. uh i mean you're constantly on the road going to races and announcing and uh so we're we're excited to have you on as well have you dried out yet from this past weekend 
Honestly, uh, I was just about dried out. I have uh, the last bit of like mud gear and stuff like that that I had dry, uh, hanging out and was drying it out, getting ready to knock the heavy off and put it in the wash. And all of a sudden it's raining now. So hopefully <laughs> a lot of that just gets washed away. But uh, but yeah, for the most part, most of my boots are, are back to dry and, uh, uh, you know, spirits are high. That's that's the important thing. You know, I mean, that was a that was a crazy weekend, man. Uh, the Ironman, I mean, you're, we're looking at, you know, just shy of 3000 entries down there. I mean, 2700 plus entries. I think it was uh, I think they uh, by the numbers for each like 2710 or something. I think I was reading something like that. Yep. So. Uh, I mean, you know, just a handful of years ago, we, we, we were talking about, man, we're, we're breaking 2,000 riders. I can't believe we made history. We've got over 2,000 riders here. And then we hit 22, then we hit 24, and here we are at 2,700 riders. I mean, it, it, it's crazy. And, you know, I think the rain and, and the madness that, that Mother Nature brought with that there on Sunday uh, pales in comparison to what what that weekend was uh, i mean uh, right now i mean i'm trying to it's starting to rain right now but like i said i'm getting ready to head back out like uh i'm heading to do uh uh the the, the msxc starts this weekend and uh, uh cashmore gave me a call here a couple months ago and asked if i'd be interested in coming down and hosting a few of those rounds so yeah i'm 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 ready to uh, I'm getting, I'm dried out enough anyway to head back out. <laughs> <laughs> right? Man, here we thought you were going to have a little bit of an off season. So it sounds like you're uh, getting back at it and getting busy uh, uh, already. Um, yeah, I, I was doing, uh, I was looking at it. Uh, this will be the busiest off season I've had in quite some time. Uh, this summer was the lightest summer I've had traditionally through the middle part of the summer with the summer break and everything. I ended up with laryngitis. That that kind of helped things out, gave me a few weeks off too. But <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, that's that's pretty detrimental when you're out of work. <laughs> but but that uh, that may, that prompted this idea that hey, a few extra races this winter certainly wouldn't hurt. Uh, you know, would hurt. Plus, you know, keep me sharp. And I have uh, so bad wanted to. Uh, be uh you know check into this i've, I've heard of the msxc I, I did get a chance to go down earlier mid-south uh or mid-east i'm sorry mid mid-east my my son raced the mid-east race and i got a chance to hang out down there for a while and i thought you know this would be a good way to check out the mid uh, uh the mid-south and you and see see what that's all about yeah, I'm, I'm sure that, that that should be a blast down there for you. Um, I, I would love to go down and ride those tracks uh, down there. It's pretty sweet terrain. Sounds like it. I, I know this first one. It's like near Tompkinsville, Kentucky. I, I can't pronounce the name of the Gambiel, Kentucky or something like mm -hmm. that. And then uh, I know they've got one at Loretta Lynn's and they've got one like McEwen, which is not far from Loretta Lynn's Dude Ranch and um they've got several there in, in the western mid you know middle western kentucky area as well so i think it's going to be pretty cool uh, i'm looking forward to that but i was looking at my schedule um my schedule will be busier now than it has been in a while i'm going to do i'll be working until like a week before christmas i won't have any break breaks until christmas and then the weekend after i'll, I'll get week i'll get christmas and new year's off and then i'll start again at the first of the year that first weekend or whatever that is and then 
Um, I'll be, I'll, I'll go, uh, do a few of those MSX, get the mid South and then I'll do the, uh, I've got a, an arena cross race. I'm going to do, uh, for a gentleman in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, that should be pretty cool. I haven't, uh, I haven't done a big arena cross for a while. This isn't like a national arena cross, but this is a, a pretty big regional arena cross they got going on over there. And then, uh, and then of course, by that time, it's time for GNCC to get back. <laughs> yeah. So I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't get lost this winter. That's for sure. And for anybody that's wondering, I know generally I'm doing the interviewing and I don't get a chance to talk much about me personally and expand <laughs> on a lot of things. So this is a great opportunity for me. Uh, I, you know, my 10 seconds cast that I, that I started a year or so ago, um it's i haven't gotten the coverage on it that i want to and same thing with quad radio i started that back i think it was around 2012 if i'm not mistaken and mm. you know back then it was a different format and with the way the revolution of things people are uh i don't know i found what i do people like to look at talking heads for some reason whenever i do my podcast i can't get uh, an audience on podcast channels, but I, I get more of an audience through Facebook and Instagram and YouTube than I do the other route. So I, I have to have a little better internet service. And where I live, I swear I live, I mean, people don't understand the technological hole that I live in. <laughs> I've got satellite internet and it is horrible. And I can't get television. I don't, I don't get, since they've switched to digital TV, I don't get aerial television. I don't get cell service. <laughs> Jeez. There's no cable. Uh, we don't get cable. I do get satellite TV. It comes in pretty good, like Dish and, and Direct TV and stuff like yeah. that comes in. But I'm just in a technological de uh, dead zone. But I have uh, put my my money down for the. Uh, it's in beta testing right now. The Elon Musk Starlink. Oh yeah, system. yeah. <laughs> I've got that. As soon as that, as soon as I get online with that. I can promise you I'll be online left and right. I'll probably be online three or four nights a week and, and I won't have time to work and do other events in, in the off season. All winter I'll be in, engulfed in doing just that. But right now, you know, I, I just needed something to occupy me the last winter or two, you know, with it, it's kind of drove me crazy, especially last year coming off the pandemic and everybody, you know, all the politics and everything that was going on. I was like, man, I really need something to occupy me this winter. So, uh, when uh, Cash gave me the call, I was like, sure, we'll go give it a try. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, nothing wrong with being busy, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. So this past weekend, I got a question, because you were at both races. Which was worse, 2019 ATV Ironman or 2021 Bike Ironman? Well, I have to say, from an aspect of mud, um, I'm going to say that the ATV race might have been might have been a little bit more difficult um, in, in on the ATV side of things that and and I'll explain my reasoning behind this here in a few moments. From an aspect of water, though, uh, I think the the bike race was probably worse um, because of the rising creeks and the limited places you could go, and then you know any low lying areas was whole you know you, if you were you you were there i'm sure so you saw i mean it was streams and ponds and lakes everywhere that that you know i mean the water just collected everywhere so um and the difference i think for the atvs on that day was and what happened this weekend we had a much harder packed surface so we didn't get i mean there were some lines that got deep don't get me wrong i mean there was a few ruts and stuff like that just got nasty gnarly deep 
but for the most part that course was hard packed uh the atvs the, the course was a little softer and if you know anything about dirt um around this time of year in the fall and in the spring the dirt takes on a different consistency it mm -hmm. softens up and it it, it kind of like it, it loosens up in the fall and, and heading into the winter months and stuff like that and i don't know if it's from the moisture content or or what it is that does it but anyway it, it does and it, re it takes on moisture differently and, and it reacts differently and and when we and when we ran the atv race it was a little deeper mud and it wasn't as hard packed so you know there was a, a lot uh with the mud part of it for those guys uh i think in my and, and this is personal opinion you know and, and observation from what i've seen i think it was more uh you know the water issue uh was as much an issue this past weekend as much as the mud i mean you granted the mud obviously played a big role in it but the the water is what, what it was yeah the water seemed like it was causing more bike issues than the mud would um with just like getting in the air filters and right and, and all and that you stuff notice that it was more 450s most of the 450s i mean you didn't hardly see many 450s actually finish at least the top guys on 450s most of the top finishing guys were on 350s or 250s mm -hmm. and i was talking with someone after the race and i'm not a mechanical guy and i don't know this to be uh to be the truth but he was telling me that it was the way that the air filter uh the the placement of the breather uh you know coming in to to get your air it's like facing forward on the 450s and it somehow or another you know the water gushes up in it easier whether or not that's the case i don't know but it seemed to make sense to me and i was like oh that that makes a lot of sense <laughs> yes yes for sure yeah i was actually kind of saying that a little bit right before uh, you came on and and uh, that they that makes my uh my uh, theory correct <laughs> oh boy least, stroking brandon's ego here. <laughs> <laughs> at least with the information we've been afforded anyway <laughs> exactly exactly I'm, i'll stick with it i'll take it <laughs> so so you, you talked about how you know they took iron man hill out uh um on sunday um how many track changes did they have to make last minute and i'm sure that was pretty hard to do <laughs> It was, um, it, it was, it was very tough. Um, one of the things that they had to do, obviously with the rising creeks, um, you know, to have any length of track, most of the course was really located on the other side of the creek. And there is a bridge that is on property that the riders can ride, race across. And I, I believe maybe even do, um, during the course you know that that is on the return side of that but on the uh to get there you've got to cross the hill and that's you know, across that creek and that's there at iron man hill is where the track went and what they did is they they cut that out they went out onto the road i don't know if you saw on racer tv i mean we lost a lot of camera shots there was a checkpoint that got lost the course went from like a 13 mile course down to an eight mile course um it was tough but those guys that they went in having a plan they knew the highlands uh, you know, the beauty of it, Jeff Russell, uh, you know, our, our head trail boss and the, the captain, I guess you could say, the general of the trails, <laughs> trail bosses. <laughs> you know, I mean, he was out there with the guys and I heard him and trail boss and junior trail boss, uh, uh, Ryan Eccles and Jared Bolton. They were, you know, they were communicating and they were talking about how, you know, what they were going to do to keep everybody on the high lines and, and keep them out of those low lying areas as much as possible. It was a lot of work, but um knowing what they wanted to do when they built the track 
realizing that this could be a possibility. Uh, you know, they had a kind of a game plan, so it didn't take as long to implement as what it would if they had to pull it out of their butt kind of thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I got that. That's what you get when you have the best from the business doing this stuff. So uh, it was awesome to see that. You know, we actually did not get to go to the race, so we was watching everything on <laughs> Racer TV and just watching from home and seeing the mess that you guys were operating in and how well of a well-oiled machine uh, the GNCC crew was operating as. Uh, you know, that's pretty cool because you know, uh, not many series would have. <laughs> Yeah, would have better pulled that together. <laughs> would have pulled that together. There'd have been well, a, a lot of uh, trailers leaving with clean bikes. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I mean, number one, good leadership. Um, I have to uh, number one uh, respect and admire, you know, Jeff Russell and his leadership with the team, uh, the trail, the trail team. You know, the guys out in the woods and the ones that actually make the race happen. Um, and then, of course, Tim Cotter, uh, event director, and, and Carrie uh russell uh who basically you know she's uh you know uh the overseer of it all and you know just kind of uh, you know i mean they they work so well together roy jansen was in on it. i don't know if you know who roy is but there and there was a few other figureheads i mean it wasn't just a, uh i mean this was something that started being talked about uh you know whenever the rain started falling it was getting really bad during that second a.m race i mean everybody started talking about what's our game plan i mean there was even talk of postponing the afternoon race and moving it to a the rain date and just racing like the b's in the morning and the a's and the pros in the afternoon or b's and the a's in the mornings and the and the, the xc classes they had some kind of elaborate plan to take it and, and go do something like that if they were going, you know, it, it, if things got so treacherous that it couldn't be done. Mm -hmm. But Jeff Russell being of the sound mind that he is, he's like, listen, you know, this is, this is GNCC. <laughs> you know, we're going, we can make, we can make this, you know, and, and the big question was, you know, they're like, Jeff, can you make this race happen? Can you give all these people a quality race? Can you give them a fair race? And Jeff Russell said, yes, we can. And that was the bottom line, you know, that, that, that was the, the whole thing, you know, if, you know, and the, all the weight at that point and, and throughout that race and any race weekend relies upon that crew right there. I mean, Jeff Russell, uh, Jared, uh, Jared Bolton and, and Ryan Eccles, uh, those are the three faces that we know and the names that we know, but there's a host of other guys that are out there. Bob, Bit the builder, you got, um, uh, Jamie Jenkins is out there, uh, and you know several more uh, that, that that I can't even you know say can't even remember off the top of my head. Um, Zach Holbert's out there. I mean, there's a lot of guys that 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 work their tail off uh, week in and week out before the race, during the race, and after the race to to make GNCC what it is. And you know they're they're kind of the unsung heroes of what happens. You know, I mean. You know, you, you look at it and you say, hey, you know, Rodney, you guys did a great job. And, yeah, uh, we, you know, the, the, we did a great job to put on the show that we did because if it wasn't for those guys, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. You know what I mean? It all starts right there. And, and I, I think uh, if anybody, uh, I think if anybody deserves any accolades, any awards, it's it's those guys that were out in the trenches this past weekend and any of the guys in any of those races that are out in the trenches. I heard Jared Bolton struggle more this past weekend on Sunday 
than I have at any race. So maybe that might, that might help uh, indicate to you how t- tough it was. <laughs> I heard Jared Bolton cursing. I heard him say, that's it. I'm done. I'm over it. No more. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? He picked his bike up and he, and he went right back after it more. I mean, and he got more people out and he got the racetrack cleared. And they got the race course re- redirected and, and they made a safe and 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 an enjoyable race course that was competitive and and brought us a historic event. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it, it brought us a very big decision in in what was taking place. And uh, of all the ways that it could have finished, I think that right there could have been might have been the best way that it could have finished. So there's no questions left on the table as far as the the orange versus blue, the <laughs> yeah. the, the this Baylor versus the Kelly. Uh, whatever however you want to break it down you know that right there just tells the story you know ben finished he scored points Stu didn't he finished way behind and uh ben won that championship and uh um i i i think that's a good thing that you know that we did run it and everything you know worked out the way it did and you know a tough break for Stu. i mean oh, yeah. i'm not gonna lie i'm a big Stu fan i'm a i'm a racing fan it's hard yes. it's hard to be biased i gotta be unbiased and and you know, I mean it, but it's hard not to be biased towards Stu. I've known Stu since he was a kid. Uh, you know, racing through the GNCC series. Um, was I disappointed for Stu? Yeah. Am I am I upset that Ben won the championship? By no means. Ben Kelly deserves that championship. He won that championship, and and, and he did it in, in in a way that you know, I mean, very impressive. When you take a kid that, I mean, that's his first full year in the XC1 Pro class coming from a series that he didn't even grow up in PNCC. One, he raced a few years in XC2, he comes to XC1, doesn't even have a full season. Then all of a sudden, he's the guy, and he carried a, a big weight on his shoulders. And that impressed me as much as anything that, you know, the last two weeks that, that he did not succumb to the pressure and uh, uh, he rose above everything and you know, that, uh, it was a great weekend. So, uh, when going back to it again, I just say thanks to the track crew for being able to make that. Happen. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, talking about Ben, um, and his season in, in the pressure that you, you could, you could see the pressure, especially during the meet in the middle of the season. It seemed like, you know, when Stu was on his roll and Stu was, was winning every race, looping the bike out at every race. Um, you could see the pressure in Ben's face and his expressions like, man, I'm riding and I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to, to keep up with this guy. But I feel like a, a turning point for him was when he got that snowshoe win. Um, and when he got that snowshoe win, it, it seemed like, okay, I can do this. And then that's where he, he carried that into the, uh, to the summer break and really came out after that strong. Yeah, and, and I totally agree. I, I think that win before the summer break was was monumental in a lot of ways because it it, it helped in reinflate his ego. It helped reinflate his confidence and and give him that drive that yes, I still can win. Just like like you say, and you know, had he had that to think about not winning that race and had Stu won that race and he would have lost to Stu. Uh, during the course of that summer break, I, I don't know that he would have come back as strong as what he did uh, and as invigorated as what he did. I mean, because, uh, you know, not only did he have, I, I think, the self-torture from it, you know what I mean, but I, I think, you know, the team, um, mm-hmm. I hate to say it, but, you know, I, I mean, in my opinion, it, it, it appears that, 
you know, and the success rate and you watch the riders and you talk, I mean, there's a lot of pressure that comes from, uh, the, your bosses at, at, yeah. at, at KTM, they expect you to win. They don't pay you to finish second place. They don't pay you to finish third place. They, they pay you to go out there and win. They pay you to win championships and, and that's their idea. And that's, that's the way they can, you know, they look at it. Obviously, they take into consideration circumstances and chances and things like that. But, but all in all, uh, at the end of the day, uh, on paper, you know, they want W's, they want wins, you know, and, mm. and that kind of pressure is, is translated, I think, into those riders in that position. I, you know, I, I saw it, you know, you could see it sometimes. It wasn't as prevalent in, in Caleb. Because, I mean, you know, we saw such great successes out of him. But the one thing that you got to remember early in his career, the pressure was a lot heavier. And why did why did Caleb get to the place that he was in his career? <laughs> because he probably didn't want to be feel like that, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and it helps drive that person. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying you know, it puts a lot of pressure on somebody. I guess I should have prefaced all that with it's not a bad thing <laughs> you know some people react to it differently some people rise to the occasion some people fold and i think you know from what i've seen i think that ben is is proving that he's not going to be a folder you know i mean he's in it to win it and and that, that was very impressive to me yeah very very impressive um uh, like you were saying uh you know it would be really hard to follow uh, Caleb Russell's footsteps you step right into his role on the team and everybody's looking at you like hey we've won what eight titles you can see titles straight so mm -hmm. um, let's not lose this one <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. so that would be really tough to, in, in a footsteps and then especially when you got Stu Baylor coming out of nowhere just knocking off wins uh, after win after win after win and everybody's and, looking and you know and, 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 and let me stir the pot just a little bit. I mean, you have to think, and, and I don't know this, and I'm not one, uh, and, and I'm not, but you have to think. I mean, Stu wrote KTM's his entire career up until two years ago or whatever it was when he, when he took over the Sherco deal and then last season with the Bob. Well, I guess it's only been a little over a year since he's been on the KTM. <laughs> yeah. He's only been, oh, this is only the second It seems season. like a lot longer. <laughs> it really does. But, I mean, you look back, I, I don't know, 16, 18 seasons or whatever it was that, that Stu Baylor spent on, on a KTM. And, and I'm going to tell you, I know he made a lot of sacrifices. He pushed himself to some, some extreme limits, you know. And, and, and you know, I, I know that he, he kind of felt like he was getting the short end of the stick on a lot of situations and circumstances. And, and I'll tell you what it boils down to. Stu was injured a lot and, and they knew he was a threat and they, you know, they, they groomed him up through that point. But once he got so injured as an XC2 rider and it was taking him, taking him a while to blossom as an XC1 rider, you know, they kind of like, you know, they, they couldn't like totally turn their back on him. So they just kind of like shuffled him off to the side, kept him on a satellite team. And then all of a sudden, you know, Stu becomes a little bit of a threat. And, you know, I don't know, you know, uh, I don't know if they cut his support. You know, I don't know. I, I don't know what happened, but he got less and less happy with, with it wasn't the team that he was unhappy with. It was the support that he was reaching, you know, but anyway, uh, I, I'm talking too much, but uh, <laughs> but basically what it boils down to is, you know, Stu was very loyal to that brand, and 
you know, uh, and, and they put a lot, they invested a lot in him and in his career. And then for him to step away after they kind of like tried to put him off to the side and say he's not that much of a threat. And they tried to probably, I mean, in my, you know, it, I would think that maybe, you know, if I was, uh, maybe I, I will, you know, he's not on the team. He's not going to get the team, the factory kind of motors. He's not going to get the factory kind of suspension. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I mean, HRC and, I mean, it's not just KTM. It's all these factory teams. You got your level, different levels of support. So, you know, had Stu had those kind of components, would he have been able to compete as much, you know, and that's what I'm sure he was wanting, um, you know, uh, so, <laughs> but anyway, uh, long story short is, you know, I mean, what I'm saying is, is that, you know, they put a lot of investment into him over those years. And then all of a sudden he starts becoming successful on another brand. The very, the one person they don't want to be beaten by <laughs> right. is yeah. That that big long spiel that I just dumped out there and may have rocked a few boats about, <laughs> uh, honestly, is what it boils down to. They did not want to be beaten by Stu Baylor of all people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the one that they didn't want to win the championship. It, it, that would be again. That is my opinion, and that is nobody else's. You know, that's just me as a race fan speculating, from you know, from 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 a bench racing standpoint. Yeah. And, and I mean, and and again, I'm not you know saying Ill, any ill will in anything that I said. I'm not meaning it anything derogatory, but by, by what I'm saying, I mean you know, uh, the teams have a job to do. You know, they they want to win, so you know they they gotta they gotta do what it takes to win you know they got to put themselves in the positions to win absolutely yeah. and when and when we you know I, we probably share this same opinion as well when Stu came back on a on a on a uh, Yamaha he came back with it a very what do you, what would you call it Brandon like an authoritative type of riding yeah, yeah. It just yeah. just very determined and um uh he just looked different yeah. Like just just the way he talked, the way he walked, the way he rode the bike, it just it was very authoritative, and uh, I'm sure that was a huge threat to to KTM. How, how it sm- was, but I mean, I think if we rewind and, and go back, uh, I mean, maybe even I'd have to go back and look at some results and stuff back to where we at where to, to 20, 2019. Go back and look to 2019 results toward the end of the year or whatever. But especially at the beginning of 2020, uh, what we were seeing out of Stu before the pandemic hit. And, and, and I mean, dude, I mean, at Georgia, when he threw that race away with two turns mm-hmm. to go, oh. I mean, that that right there and, you know, the races leading. You know, I, like I said, I think you know, there might have been a couple races at the end of the year that kind of caught my attention. And then, obviously, you know, I was I was very tuned in on. On Stu, I mean, he came out, he had a point to prove with the new Sherco ride and this, that, and the other. And, you know, so he was wanting to do well. Obviously, you know, he had his mechanical issues. But, I mean, <laughs> if you remember, right, Stu was killing it all three rounds. Um, and, you know, uh, then after the pandemic hit and he got roasted on the way that he got roasted with, <laughs> yeah. with Sherco, which, you know, Maybe a good move on their part. Maybe the best thing that could have ever happened to him in, in a figure of speaking, you know, in, in a sense. Uh, honestly, I think it was probably the best thing that might have been able to happen to him because he's, you know, to be able to be with Randy, to be able to land where he finally landed. I mean, it was kind of like seemed like a downward spiral there at mm-hmm. one point, you know. 
yeah. and, you know, going from brand to brand to brand. But, you know, if anybody knows Stu Baylor, you know, you, you can't expect him to be down and out for very long. But to, to, to land where he did and, you know, for him and Corey to be able to hook up and for Corey to be able to talk Randy and to talk and Donnie and to talk and Yamaha and to <laughs> taking that risk and that chance on somebody like Stu Baylor and then for them to let him be who he is still with I'm sure uh, several different you know orders from the top and restraints and stuff and, and keep him on that and uh, I think you know it, it's it's the best thing that could have happened to Stu right now in, in his career yeah and it's the worst thing that could have happened to the rest of the teams out there. <laughs> exactly. I mean, how, how smart does the uh, Yamaha look for bringing Stu Baylor on that no one really wanted? You know, it. I mean, there for a while it was like, what, three, four weeks? Nobody was... He like, was riding every single color out there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, that's exactly it. And, you know, I, I you know, I... I, I I don't. Stu's got a reputation, you know. The thing about it is, that we gotta we gotta understand it, it's not necessarily the Randy Hawkinses or the the anybody the team owners themselves that that may have a lot of say in, in what's going on in a circumstance in a situation like that. It's the brand that which they're they're representing, and I know that you know those guys. They're they're. the the brands are, and we don't understand this as sponsors, you know, as as manufacturers they're very hypersensitive to everything that happens mm -hmm. um they don't want to leave a window of opportunity open for them to look negligent in uh promoting something in a, an ill manner uh in an unsafe way or, or anything like that you know what i'm saying so oh, yeah. um for them, it's a big deal. I mean, it's huge because at this level, I mean, in off-road, especially in motocross or something like that, it might be a little different. But in, in GNCC, it's huge for somebody to take that, that risk and that gamble wants to. And, uh, yeah, it, it's. I think um, it's changed. It may change the way that uh, some other teams approach things in the future as well. <laughs> Maybe lighten up a few things, let these guys have a little bit of fun. Exactly, know? exactly. That's I mean that's what GNCC is about, and and that's what keeps us separate from Moto. We always say on on the show, um, but uh, you know, going on to the other side of the four wheel side, um, looks like Walker Fowler again wraps it up. But I tell you what, Devin Fehan has stepped it up lately, and do you think he's going to be a guy for? coming into next year think he keeps it up or yeah i you know and i've said it on racer tv i've i've said it during the broadcast and that that's not just hype i think devin I, i'm looking for devin to be a threat i'm looking for uh, honestly hunter hart uh, is going to be a threat too mm -hmm. uh if bryson neal comes back healthy and, and is able to you know overcome uh his circumstance he he's going to be a beast and He's going to be, he's going to be tough, I think, <laughs> but yeah, Devin, definitely Devin Feehan, uh, is on my radar and has been for quite some time. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I honestly, I'm shocked. I'm surprised it's taken this long. I know that there was that law and, um, 
like a couple years that, that well, last year I was like, dude, is he even going to come back in 2021? Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, where's his heart at? I didn't, I didn't know if it, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know if it was hard Didn't know if it was sponsorship. Didn't really get a chance to talk with him. You just seemed, you know, he seemed kind of guarded whenever you would try to talk with him. He didn't say a whole lot. You know, he would say a little bit, but he didn't say a whole lot. Um, didn't try to make a lot of excuses either. He just seemed to be kind of down on himself. And, you know, it left me to wonder, you know, is he going to be able to overcome this? Uh, I knew he had the talent to do it. It was just a matter of, you know, would he find the way to make it make it happen in time, you mm-hmm. know, to, to still make it all worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And b- before that, you before you came on the show, uh, Brandon and I were actually talking about Devin, and we were talking about um, that whole group that that race um, um, at the Buckwheat, where there was like six guys battling for second place, and we were mm-hmm. talking about the health of the XC one class and the ATV racing. And it seems like a, it seems like the health of the entire class as a whole is just growing to a, ne- a next level. And those six way battles for a position that we typically didn't see in the past is something that we could probably get used to because we started naming off guys, and there are so many guys that can be up there battling for podium and win win uh, wins this next season. Yeah, and, and I want you to take a look at something else. I mean, it's kind of disheartening. It's cool in one respect. It's kind of disheartening in another respect. But you look back all the way back, I think, to 2013. Um, every one of the, the guys that has won a championship is racing the XC1 Pro Class. Uh, then you've got a few of the guys that, you know, like um, – Chris Borch, mm-hmm. Jared McClure, Adam McGill, Johnny Gallagher, and, you know, just a handful of those guys that didn't race in the XC2 Pro-Am class because it wasn't available, you know, it hadn't been created at that, at that particular point. Mm-hmm. But you look at the numbers now, and it's kind of disheartening in a way. It's cool because you got all the all the champions and what that does and and I'll and I'll and I'll expand on your point and then I want to go on to a different point about that is that it it the level of competition in that class is very high every one of those guys coming into that class is a champion of that XC2 class which we all know is a very fast class and everybody coming into that is used to winning so they're all pushing to get to that next level and they all realize and they're finding that they're starting to find that next level now and that's what the cool thing is and we're starting to see that that depth of talent you know how much more speed does does walker fowler have can he can he pull it out a little bit more on those guys next year those guys will have to all still be battling it out for a second we'll have to wait and see but i think that walker is going to see a little bit more competition in in the future because there are so many more these guys are starting faster. They're running a faster pace at the beginning of the race, and that's usually when Walker's able to, to turn it up a little bit more. And if you know, you if you can hang with Walker to closer to the end of the race, you stand a better chance of beating him than trying to track him down and, and pass him. You know, oh, yeah. uh, but it, 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 at least in, in what what I've watched in the past. But anyway, what I was wanting to get back to. <laughs> go ahead and say what you want to say on that and then i'll go on with my idea here in just a sec i mean do you agree with what i'm oh, saying oh yeah 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 totally we you know we always say if walker fowler gets out gets out of eyesight and he you know he pulls away it's so hard to reel him in because you know he keeps that speed 
all all race. He doesn't let up or anything yeah. like that. And then and also we've said it before the the XC two guys that we're seeing now are all kind of I don't want to say born into the speed of Walker Fowler, but are get, are used to that speed from XC two because that's what everybody's running. You know that right. they're running that pace already. So it's not taking them as much time to figure it out once they get to XC1. Yeah, and then, you know, you talked about how how Walker being out in front and it's kind of like that dangling carrot. Whenever he gets out of sight, it's harder to push. And we've seen people this year, like Hunter Hart, be able to really, you know, link up mm-hmm. with Walker and mm-hmm. learn that pace. And, man, that's, that's going to be dangerous next year. Uh, you know, you get another year of experience under Hunter Hart's belt. Um, he already has number two plate going into the 2022 season mm-hmm. um you know and, and then like you said you got bryson neal coming back which we know i mean you, there's no question that speed's there with bryson <laughs> right. uh so it, it's going to be interesting and i honestly think that you're going to start seeing really really close racing uh for all three of those podium positions um mm-hmm. um you know it, multiple multiple guys and, and mixing it up uh more than than ever really Right, I agree. But then Lens one Dan asked the question: Is Walker really going as fast as he really, really can? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's very yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, he's the only going as fast as he has to. He he you likes playing those that, mind games. I'm telling you. Yeah, Walker likes. Yeah, it. And, and I like throwing that out there too. I like to play him too. <laughs> he, he reminds me of a Cooper Webb. You know how like Cooper yeah. Webb likes playing his mind games, and he was playing. Yeah. But, like he reminds me of that. Fast, how much faster can you really go, dude? I mean, gosh. <laughs> Well, I mean, Walker will tell you he can go faster, but there's at times he just don't feel like going that, that fast. You know? <laughs> Scary he, fast. He don't, he don't feel comfortable. You know, he gets out of that comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 uh, hitting points and speed where it's like, whoa, this is way too fast. <laughs> I, I, I can't remember. I, I, I'd like to go back and look on it. I can't remember where we were at, but we were, we were someplace. And our drone operator was having trouble keeping up with the, the guys through the trees. We could still, it was like last spring, but our drone, our drone was having trouble keeping up with the guys down below because they were going so fast through the trees. And I couldn't believe, I think it's somewhere around 40, 45 mile an hour. They yeah. were maybe faster going through the, through the trees. Wow. It may have been closer to 50. I don't know, but it was ridiculously fast, whatever it was. And uh, I was just like, wow, these guys are nuts, you know? And, uh, I don't know that I I could find the kahunas to make it go. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of that's kind of to the point that we said I don't know how many shows ago, but I think we had either Walker or somebody somebody on. But we we asked them like you know at what point that everybody just has to get comfortable with being completely uncomfortable the entire race now because that's the speeds that you're running it's a very uncomfortable pace uh uh to 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 run as fast as these guys are i I agree wholeheartedly you're absolutely right and i've heard walker fowler basically refer to that before um you know that you know he, he said it like that but hey you know you know who walker fowler can blame for these guys being so fast and so hungry himself, himself. <laughs> these monsters man <laughs> yeah exactly you know especially when he starts letting uh, hunter hart ride with him and train with him through the week and stuff i'm like <laughs> man you're just yeah. wanting some competition aren't you <laughs> exactly well, you know hey, it makes it fun too i get it man i mean it it, it, it makes the show better and it, it keeps ever it keeps everybody you know, it, I love the camaraderie. I do, but I mean, we need that. 
we do need a little bit of controversy every yes. once in a while. Yes, we I do. Mean, I mean, we need that bad guy. We need that Adam McGill. Not that everybody hates it. Everybody <laughs> hates Adam. I mean, I'm sure there's some guys that get a little frustrated with him or whatever, you know, with the antics and stuff that he pulls. But, I mean, you need that goofball like, you know, Adam out there on the four-wheel side of things. You need that, that, that on-the-edge kind of goofball. You never know what he's going to do kind of stew baylor ready mm-hmm. to explode ready to make you laugh whatever you know you never know what to expect out of it you know we need that i think um i love the fact that everybody's so buddy buddy and chummy chummy and everything but <laughs> but you know that that sometimes it's kind of frustrating i like to see a good nascar brawl everyone exactly <laughs> yeah at, at the end of the day you know um racing is entertainment and and that's what we love about this sport is that everybody is their own character and it's entertaining. We're, we're going to have to make a show out of it, I guess, man. We're going to have to like stage some stuff or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there'll be some volunteers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but in all, I mean, I do love that. I, I shouldn't say that because I love what the camaraderie of those pro riders, how it trickles down into the rest of the GNCC racers and, and the sportsmanship and the family atmosphere and activities that we have. Because, I mean, if you do have those animosities, you know, it, you start divide, you start getting lines drawn. And that's what was scaring me about the whole Ben and, and Stu thing with the point thing and everything. You know, I was so afraid that we were going to see a division. And, 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 and there for a couple of weeks, you know, I guess on social media, there might have been a little bit. But I think in the end, we're all, you know, we're all on the same page. And, I, you know, and you can hate the color. You can hate. Uh, you know, you can dislike the writer or whatever. That's great, man. That's, you know, that's, that's perfect. You know, Stu loves the haters as much as he loves the people who love him. And you need both. You need to have it on both sides because you need the haters to push the guy that everybody loves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you need, and you need the haters to, uh, but vice versa, you know, you need the lovers to, to, to push the guy that everybody hates, you know, yeah. uh, in, in my opinion, you know, and, 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 and it works out great, but, um, but uh, anyway, while I, I don't know how I'm, I'm going to check my, my phone here. <laughs> I, got plenty, I got plenty of battery here, but uh, yeah, we were, uh, we were, we, yeah, we'll, we'll wrap it up. Um, uh, like I said, definitely appreciate you coming on the but, podcast. But let, can I, can I go on? I, I'm, since yeah. I got a chance to talk, man, can I talk? Yeah, <laughs> oh, talk, yeah, 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 yeah talk for sure. You're good, man. I'm not trying to get off. I got plenty of battery. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. okay. Uh, I was, what I was alluding to there just a few moments ago you know, if you look at the numbers on the uh, XC1, XC2, and XC3 numbers, uh, and then XC1 and XC2 in, in, in the ATV side of things, you go back 15 years ago um, before the XC2 or whenever, you know, the XC2s uh, uh, started, you know, becoming a class, the numbers of the pro class riders and and how many people you know we'd have 30 pros or 20 some pros on, on the starting line every week you know on that front row now you know we're lucky to get 10 to 15 pro riders on that front row and if we get 20 you know i'm thinking my gosh that's a lot of pro riders you know <laughs> out, out here with us this week you know and uh, i think that's all cool and, and and all well and everything and and i i just miss i miss those days of seeing so many pro riders in the class, but, you know, I, I think I answered the question for myself whenever, you know, why do we see that? Obviously, you know, we got the rising classes with the XC2, 250 class, you know, you can, you can prepare yourself for the XC1 class and, 
and and so forth but but what makes and and what makes it so difficult i think um you know i i love the fact that gncc has grown into what it is and we've got the teams and we've got that nascar look and you go down and and pro row you know it's got you know the gas gas semis they've got the 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 husky semis they've got the the ktm semis they got the honda teams and semis they got the kawasaki semi down there you know i mean beta semis are down there uh i mean it, it, it's crazy you know the 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 look that that we've got going on there and as great as that has been for our sport it, it's kind of hurt our pro class in, in, in a way because if you don't have a ride on one of those teams you don't stand a chance so you don't see people really trying to be a pro rider that aren't that isn't involved in one of those teams you know what mm-hmm. i mean and, yeah, yeah. And, I hope that, and I hope that there, I would like to see a dark horse. This is, I guess, this is my my point to this all. I'd like to see a dark horse come from nowhere with no support from anybody. The, the I love, I love the 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 come from behind the uh, the against all odds type story, like the Stu Baylor, the story this this year that where he almost won. You know, mm-hmm. I'd love to see somebody just come in out of nowhere and without all that support, without all the accolades, and just. To, you know, I mean, yeah. some guy with, with plastic breaking off of his thing and no, <laughs> no graphics and just freaking spank these guys. You know right. what I mean? And, oh, yeah. It, it, you know, I'm sure after they did that one or two races, they, they'd have new everything that would be new. <laughs> and it, it'd turn into a totally different thing. Everybody would be scooping them up. But, you know, I mean, it. it I, I think, I guess what I'm saying is I love the growth of our sport. It just, you know, I, I, I and it, I just wish that. I seen more pro riders on that front row, um, and uh, yeah, I was actually oh. just saying the same thing uh, last the last show is like when you're looking at the pro road, you're like ten guys. That's that's it. Like, uh, but then you got to remember XC two, XC three, all there's and different. They have, yeah, and they have factory support too. You know, they're coming mm-hmm. out of those factory support rigs as well. So you know, I mean, I guess. I guess it, it, it kind of makes sense that way. There is mm-hmm. uh, so if you put all those guys on one row, <laughs> yeah, that'd be a crazy pro class. Then okay, retract everything I said there. Just <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine row one or that going all in the first turn and with like forty guys. <laughs> that would just be oh, be wild. It'd be wild. It, but the thing is, you know, you know, we talk about all you talk about all this support from all the different rows that these guys are getting and when that support comes comes expectations and what's better finishing 12th in uh, pro class or maybe finishing on the podium in xc2 (laughs) Ah, touche yes very 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 good point very good point you get you get a lot of exposure a lot more exposure for a a podium in XC2 than you do for a 12th in XC1. I, mm-hmm. uh, I totally agree with that. I mean, I see both sides of the coin. Yeah. I, I, I guess my, my whole point of it is, I mean, um, is that I do miss that front row being a lot of riders on it. Yeah. Um, but, and I guess, you know, and you think that there would be more with the support that you have with that pro row and all those semis on there. But uh, like you said, you got those XC2 and those XC3 guys, and they do a lot of support for the amateur riders with those rigs too. Mm-hmm. So it, it's pretty cool. But you know, and and I, I love what we're seeing with the growth of our sport too. I just hope that we don't see those monumental changes. Um, you know, I mean, motocross used to be more of a brotherly sport 
as well many years ago when I first got into it. It wasn't quite what we've got in GNCC and what we've always had in GNCC. But with the exposure that it got and with the, uh, the money that came along with it, it became uh, a little more of a business than, you know, on that end than you know, at the top level anyway. Yeah. Uh, it, than, than, than what it has. And, and, and I guess, you know, I mean, I'm, see, I'm recognizing it a lot in the GNCC side of things, especially with all these satellite teams and stuff that we have that are procuring a lot of these younger riders to the B and A classes into the uh, uh, the XC classes. Yeah, and th- you talk about like the the camaraderie that we have in this sport and the family values and the family atmosphere, um, and and from and that's from the top down. And what's cool that we got to see this weekend, which was the support that one of your good friends, uh, Ken Hill was receiving mm-hmm. through that family. And, and we seeing it every day on, on Instagram and Facebook and man, it just speaks volumes to, to the power of the family atmosphere that the GNCC nation really is. You know, and, and I'm going to say it and, and I'm not kissing, butt by no stretch <laughs> of the imagination, um, I think that, you know, with the plan and the idea and the dream that Big Dave Coombs had with Racer Productions and MX Sports on both motocross and, and the off-road side of things, and, and the idea of family, exactly what you're talking about, and his family picking up that dream and, and building uh, the series as a family, the, the industry, the industry as a family, and, and each step of the way, that they go, they, they think about the family aspect of it. Um, you know, even, I mean, you know, even at the levels of AMA pro motocross, you know, you think, you know, okay, it's all about the professional riders. Yeah. That, that, that part of it is. And you know, that, 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 that end of it's more business whenever you get to that end of it. But what they try to do is make a family fun atmosphere for the spectators to be able to come. So, you know, they're always trying to keep that family, that family atmosphere in it. And and there's like, well, there's three generations that work at GNCC. Whenever you go to any GNCC right now, anyway, you've got Rita Coombs, uh, who they call the voice of reason. Everybody knows Miss Rita. (laughs) Yep. And then you've got uh, Carrie Jo, who is there, who is her daughter. And if you don't know Carrie, uh, I'm sure you do, or you, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you probably do and just don't realize it. She, she's uh, Jeff Russell, and uh, she's Jeff Russell's wife, but she's also the daughter of uh, Dave Coombs. And then, of course, you've got her son uh, and Jeff's son, uh, Trevor Coombs, uh, that works the um, – uh, he does a lot of the, uh, like, setup as far as in the pit stuff, like making sure, you know, all the sponsorship activity as far as signage where it goes, where it's placed, uh, you know, helping lay out the uh, infrastructure of what's going on there from when people walk through the gate till when they pull out the gate on Sunday. Uh, you know, he, he does that. So there's three generations of, uh, of family, Coombs family, that, that are driving the industry right now mm-hmm. is, is the way it works. And then, of course, on the moto side of things, you've got, you know, uh, Carrie uh, Reed is always a big factor in that. Uh, she's kind of figurehead in that on that side of things as well. And you got Davey and his his kids are starting to work their way through it and, and into it and become a more integral part of things over on that side of things. So, I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, family is, you know, a, a family that that built this as a family keeps it for the families. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I guess, you know, I've got to commend them for that. I think, you know, if you put it in an organization and and and, of a, and looked at it from a more business sense, I mean, you got to look at it from a business standpoint, but you also got to look at it from that family standpoint, too. They look at it from both angles, I think, and, and I think that's the one thing that's helped make the industry, not just them, but the industry so successful because that's trickled down from from them to the regional promoters to the local promoters, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if uh, you see it, the family grow from now, like look at all of our like to the fifties, Stasic racing mm-hmm. now. I mean, look at the Stasic racing. I mean, Stasic, yeah. Oh my gosh! Like, there's Huge. like what fifty of them, like fifty to hundred of them out there. It's crazy. When I was at Snowshoe, it looked like like two hundred. It might have been two hundred. <laughs> I mean, that's like the next, you know, next of but three generations to come. You know, coming up through and um, with the sport, the way it's boomed. I don't want to. I guess boomed, boomed over like COVID and everything going on. You would. It's it's just crazy what you're going to what you might see that happen. Hopefully the teams give back. You know what I'm saying? I with all, with all the money and give back to the sport. But what I'm trying to say is the youth the youth riders are there. Uh, the, the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands of youth riders come out to these races every weekend uh, for GN, just for GNCC. That's not even counting and down like down motocross. Down to a local level yeah, too. Yeah, we we yeah. watched we watched our um you know through the 2020 COVID season uh watched a local series like literally literally double mm-hmm. overnight and mm-hmm. uh it, it was awesome to see um just the growth and the 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 re-interest in and in, in this racing industry and and you know people rediscovering uh atvs and dirt bikes mm-hmm. yeah it's awesome. It really is, and it's. I mean, it brings families together, like like we pointed out, and and to see the numbers increasing like this. I mean, hopefully, um, the manufacturers, um, you know, recognize this and they start marketing, you know, a, a little bit more and and help it grow from from that aspect too. Mm-hmm. Um, I. Um, I'm saddened, you know, I mean, I know on the two wheel side of things, I think it's, it's pretty strong and they do a pretty good job of it. Um, although we're starting to see some of the youth cycles dwindle away and some of the manufacturers are not as prevalent as they have been in, in years past. The thing that, that troubles me is, is seeing the ATV side of things, the sport ATV not being produced, um, on the 450 level you know like mm-hmm. the yamaha yamaha and, and i talked to donnie loose and i'd heard a rumor somebody said yeah i heard that yamaha's pulling out and they're not going to be produced the, the the yz anymore and i talked to donnie loose and i asked him directly I said no he says that's just a rumor he says we're still they're, they're still making them and they'll still be available so i you know that was what was really cool but you know i mean the drrs and uh, the rich Hetricks, you know, the Hetricks yeah. and the Walsh Racecrafts and the uh, uh, the JB Racings and and all these guys that are they're building motors and, and frames and, and parts and stuff like that for these youth and mini quads are are on the in they have a gold mine going on right yeah. now because they they basically don't have any anybody competing against <laughs> them and the numbers have been increasing the number of DRRs and 
the number of youth 90 and 125 Raptors and, and, and ATVs that you're seeing out there uh, at the races anymore are, are ridiculous. And, and, you know, uh, what's crazy is, you know, they got these 70 CCs and these 90 CC classes, but what they do is they take a dirt bike engine and put it on an ATV yeah. and they modify it and give it five more, you know, whatever, you know, they, <laughs> they bore it out or whatever, take it from an 85 to a 90 or whatever. And from a 65 to a 70 because of, you know, the power and the, the rate, the, 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 an ATV obviously needs a little more oomph or whatever mm-hmm. at that level. But anyway, uh, I wish that the manufacturers would recognize this and see and start manufacturing those again. I, I don't know. Yamaha may still manufacture some youth models. I'm not sure if they do or not. Very, but, I think it's very little. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, it's surprising to me. DRR is cleaning house right now oh, as yeah. far as manufacturers <laughs> are concerned. Yes, uh, that's on, popular. If you don't see, if I think it's what every kid's riding is a DRR. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, well, why not? I mean, it's, it's what's available out there exactly. to you. And, and God bless them, man. I hope they keep doing it, and I hope that somebody jumps on there and gives them a little more competition. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, the numbers are going to have to continue to grow. I mean, the the, the slight increases that I've seen may not necessarily warrant the, the revolution that, I, that I'm calling for. But, <laughs> but, you know, I mean... Come on, man. I mean, you know, if they're made available again, they'll they'll sell. Oh yeah, especially you know? Hondas. We I just mean, need to get yeah. people out of, out of side by sides. <laughs> yeah, that, that side by side market hey. kind of killed it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and the, and thankfully, I mean that. I, mean, I think everybody's going to buy side by sides. Pretty much bought a side by side at this point. <laughs> That's <so>. true. <laughs> <laughs> and we and we've come to the conclusion we can't race those under certain circumstances and in certain arenas. They just don't fit, you know no. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're so big. I, I like watching them uh, like out out west, uh, out there in those trophy truck tracks. Those, yeah. those are pretty cool. We need some yeah, some of that on the like East that. Coast. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that. I mean, what we were trying to do, I mean, it was a good idea, but, you know, as the sport grew and as the as it all grew, uh, it became inevitable. I mean, I'll tell you, the first time we ever did it, I mean, we started, we had every rider started on the same class. We were, I think we we'd had the the exhibition run or whatever at ironman but the first actual championship round i think was at big buck one year and i'll never forget i was standing there and that first road took off and that was before they started putting them out in waves and that first road took off and went around that first turn and i mean to tell you i looked over at carrie joe and i said i don't know about you right now but i said I was a ten. I was a ten stuff. I said you couldn't pound a, uh, a stick pin up my butt with a sledgehammer. <laughs> I said that was crazy. I said how are we going? And you know, I mean, after that, obviously we 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 realized that that particular point you can't start them all at one time like that. So, <laughs> you know, there had that we had to modify that sport. You know, to try to make it as safe as possible to the point where you know finally that you know we banned spectators in in the woods and. Even then, you know, you couldn't police the entire track, and people were making their way out on the course. I mean, the majority of folks did, yeah. but, but you know, I mean, it, it just. But anyway, uh, now that everybody's done getting their UTVs and spending all their money on their <laughs> UTVs, and their kids are are ready to start racing, they need the ATVs. So let's let's get uh, let's get that going. I yeah. just I wish I knew who the right person. Is. You mentioned a Honda a few minutes ago. Yeah, we'll tell you that they do have a Honda. I've seen it, but they just never put it into actual production. Really? Really? 
Yeah, it's got, I mean, I think it's, I honestly, I don't think the frame, the, I think it was like right after the aluminum frames or whatever came out mm-hmm. and the, the new frame design or whatever that Honda, they, they tried to incorporate that in and it just didn't work or whatever I, I, from, but I don't know, but I do know that they're, there's, they're in crates, they're in the USA, but they'll never be, they'll never see the light of day. Wow. Where are those crates at? <laughs> and honestly, I mean, could you imagine if a, if a, if a um, manufacturer like Honda would come out? I mean, they would sell like hotcakes. Yeah. I mean, look at the Hondas. Look at the amount of Hondas that are out there still to this day that yeah. are basically almost legally a, uh, a vintage machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and... and but, yeah, I agree. You know, and, and I totally agree with you. But you know, the grand in, in the grand scheme of things, it'll probably never happen. And I'll tell you why. As great as it would be, and as many units as they would sell, Honda is an automobile company. Mm-hmm. Motorcycles and ATVs are kind of like a just a branch of what they do, and the numbers that ATV units would sell by comparison to what cars would sell. And from what I understand, they make the same units in Marysville, Ohio on the same lines or something like that. Uh, it makes more sense to produce more cars than it does to stop the line and produce ATVs. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. That that's, that's one thing that, that has been presented to me from, from Honda standpoint. Yeah. Right. Right. And it's unfortunate. And, but you know, with that being said, you know, we've talked to Walker, we've talked to uh, a lot of guys that ride Yamahas and and kind of agree with, with the same thing. Like, it's really cool to have Hondas, but it's also really cool to support the team that is still supporting the support, the, the sport. Hey, did you see, did you notice what happened Sunday? Did you see that transformation? There were 15 XC1 Pro Riders on the line. Chris Boric was riding yes. a Yamaha. <laughs> Guess who was not on a Yamaha? Miguel. <laughs> Miguel and Jared McClure. Yep. And I talk with Jared McClure. He may, you may see him make that switch. Wow. Wow, that'd be that's that'd be wild. Well, when we talked to McGill, uh, what was it? Almost a year ago now. Yeah, it feels like yeah. Um, uh, he kind of said that he was going to die on that hill. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'd be I'd be surprised to ever see him uh, go blue. But um, well, but, I'll I'll tell you, money money talks. Yeah, <laughs> it does. In <laughs> the fact, in the fact that if you look at how much easier to be to maintain a Yamaha over the Honda, yeah. and trying to just keep a Honda going right now. Uh, when you, if somebody offered you the right amount of money or the the bikes at the right price that yielded you the right amount of money because they've got the better contingency programs, say per se or whatever or mm-hmm. opportunities, then it you know, it makes sense to go that way. I mean, oh, yeah. it does. It does. I mean, I, I got to go back and look at Honda's contingency. They may have a better contingency program than what I'm thinking in the ATV side of things, but I, I don't think. Because where they're not a manufacturer anymore, that I don't know how they could be paying much anyway. Exactly. But anyway, regardless, <laughs> it only makes sense to me to ride a Yamaha. I'm with I'm all, I'm all I, I'm with Walker Fowler on that whole idea. I'm with Chad Weenan on that whole idea. Mm-hmm. They both have preached that for the last several years, and I totally agree. And if every single unit out there is a Yamaha, I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, they're the look only the, ones. Look at the pro line at the uh, ATV Motocross World. Uh, yeah. That's uh, looks like a blue wave out there. 
Yeah. Everybody's made the switch over there. I think Wesley Wolf was one of the few holdouts on mm-hmm. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. <laughs> I mean, there were one or two others, not many, though. I mean, Bart Baldwin, you know, his team, they, but they made the switch, too. Even um, Bryce Bryce uh, Bryce Ford went to Yamaha yeah, this yeah, year. Bryce yeah, Bryce Ford, yeah. And uh, um, Brandon Hogue. Yep, went Brandon Hogue. in the middle of the season. Middle of the season, yeah. Brad, Brandon, Brandon held on for as long as he could. <laughs> <laughs> I still see him riding a Honda, though, every once in a while on Instagram. Wrong, yeah. I think he still has a uh, soft spot in his heart. He got the Honda heart. fever, huh? Well, yeah, that, the- and I think, I think that's his practice bike, too. Uh, you know, Brand, I'm, Brandon, I, I'll tell you about Brandon. Brandon is one of those guys. He's an against-all-odds type of guy. He don't have – I mean, I'm not saying that he comes from a broken family and he don't have a lot of business. But he's got a twin brother that races two-wheel motocross. And he races – and those boys literally – I mean, they, their mom and dad help them very little, if any. Mm-hmm. They do it all themselves. I mean, every everything that they do, they they make every dime. They work in the off season, you know, to try to save as much money to buy what they can. Everything they do, they do for themselves. So they're on a very they're on a shoestring budget. That's uh, that's all familiar, Myers, Brandon. Right? <laughs> yeah, even Alan Myers. I mean, he gets a lot of help from mom and dad, but he is another one of those riders. He's on a shoestring budget. Yeah, he, he mom and dad gives him a nice transporter and a hauler to ride, roll around in. But that's about all they got to give anymore. But, you know, it's up to him. He's in his mid-20s. It's up to him to make his own program work and mm-hmm. and everything at this particular point, you know. so. But it's cool to see, it's cool to see you know, guys growing up like that um, 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 creates a good work ethic uh, for later on down the road when you're not racing uh, for a living. Um, it, it, you know, teaches you money management, teaches you how to how – to, how to live really in mm-hmm. and and work with what you got because sometimes you don't always get everything handed to you <laughs> yeah yeah that's true that's true and you know and there's people that you know people have animosities toward because they think oh you know they're only where they're at because they've got money well i can tell you right now let's let's just take uh, for instance right here right now and this is a prime example of that and um bryce and cody ford mm-hmm you, they're, they're brothers, right? Yep. And 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 it's no secret that they come from a family that has the means to support what they do in any way, shape, or form. Whatever they want, basically, they got. I mean, I'm not. I'm and, and I'm not. I mean, they're they're in a they're very fortunate individuals. Mm-hmm. But look at the difference in talent. Bryce Ford is talented cody ford is talented and both those boys yeah they have good equipment and they both probably have pretty much close to the same exact equipment when it's all boiled down to it but look how much better the results are for for bryce yeah i mean it 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 takes a rider to what my point is about this is it doesn't matter how much money you have it takes a rider to perform at those Mm -hmm. levels Yeah. yeah and it goes and it goes right back to saying Look at what Brandon Hogue has been able to achieve at the shoestring budget that he races on with faulty equipment and equipment that breaks down throughout the season. But when he is on, he is on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he is. High point. I he mean, was he's, a contender, he's a contender for a podium. 
And I'm going to tell you, he's going to be a contender for a win in 2022. I agree. Oh, yeah. I do too. I agree. The way he looked he, at High Point, he was and then you, on fire. You hear him on Digging Deep uh, ATV podcast, and just the determination that's coming out of him is is uh, just oozing out of him how determined uh, he is to succeed. Mm-hmm. You have no idea. If you knew this guy on a personal level, you you would feel so humbled at his work ethic and his desire and his determination. Um, he, I mean, it, it's impressive. It really is. I mean, not just his, I mean, there's some, but I mean, he, he is one of the guys that, 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 that struggles a lot, you know, mm-hmm. because he does a lot of it himself, but I mean, there's several out there, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, it's it's uh, definitely not cheap. No, we, it's not. We both race motor ATV motocross. So it's <laughs> definitely not cheap. No. <laughs> right. And, and another guy I need, you need to watch out for next year. Is Wesley Wolf? Oh yeah, he's made big strides this year yeah. in the in the, in the motocross. Wesley lot. devoted himself. If you go back and watch an interview I did with him, I think it was in February, just before Daytona ATV Supercross. I caught up with him at Decker Training Facility down there, and he said, "You know, I'm going to race GNCC, but I'm dedicating and I'm training for ATV motocross." And he went out. A week or two later, got third at Daytona ATV Supercross. He got another podium, and he had several good finishes. And he was riding very well, man, at uh, at uh, Loretta Lens. And I can't remember what happened. It was something fluke. I mean, it wasn't anybody's fault. Uh, but I think it had something to do with a spark plug. Uh, that you know how the, cap. the spark plug. Yeah. yeah, something broke, or I don't know. It, it's something that nobody, you can't do anything about. You know, just mm-hmm. things happen. And his machine shut off, and and, and he got pummeled. I seen it. Uh, I don't leave the tower for a lot of crashes. I left the tower for that crash, and then walked down to check on him because it, it scared me that that bad, how bad a crash he had, and and, and to see that. You know, I I'm not sure, but he may. I talked to him at Ironman, or was it? At, I know it was at Buckwheat I talked to him and his, he and his dad, and he's not far from riding again. Oh, wow. So, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, great. So, yeah, he, he should get a full training season in, off season in this winter. So he, he'll come back, and he could be a threat on the ATV motor side of things, too. Yeah, for sure. Which could sure. translate into good finishes for, for GNCC, too. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we have a lot to look forward to in the uh, 2022 season. I mean, we're uh, – we're going to be talking about it all winter long, probably beating a dead horse, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's exciting. Hey, it's an exciting dead horse to beat. It, yes. it, it kicks every once in a while, you know? I mean, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. We did the same thing last year uh, in the winter, talking about how great the racing season was going to be, and it did, did not disappoint. No, it did not. Uh, a lot of twists and turns that we didn't see coming, so uh, we're excited to wrap up uh, our second season yeah. uh, covering the GNCC races uh, primarily, but uh, yeah, and, and, and Roddy, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, we appreciate your time and uh appreciate the knowledge that you uh that you gave us over this hour (laughs) (laughs) well i hope it was knowledge i hope it wasn't all bs (laughs) you know the thing that yeah i do this and i you know i announce the races and you know i have my podcast and you know the thing that the reason i do what i do i'm a fan i'm as big a fan as anybody out there Mm -hmm. I love the sport. I love everything. And, and I love the position I'm in in the sport because, you know, there's a lot that I know that I can't talk about. And, 
and you know a lot that i can talk about at certain times and then there's some stuff that i don't know but you know <laughs> things like, but it, it just it just i just love being where i'm at in the sport and and and, and being able to, uh, to do what i do i mean um it, it, it's crazy when i started doing announcing i didn't i never dreamed that it would you know, I wasn't, I mean, I was a fan of, of, of sports and, and racing and things like that, but I never really got into it. And then when I started announcing races in, in 1993, I did the first race. And then in 94 is when I really started following it and started following motocross. And then I met Big Dave and he introduced me to not only motocross, but to, to the off-road side of things and the four-wheel side of things. And I just, you know, I, I can't believe where my tenure you know my life as a race fan has taken me i mean i never dreamed once that i would be an announcer i uh, never you know said oh, that's what i want to do for a living or you know that's what i'm going to do one day and yada 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 mm -hmm. uh, it just happened man i mean and, and i got I, I literally got caught up in it all i mean mm -hmm. i'm i'm so caught up in it that it's crazy and to have the opportunity to talk with you guys tonight like i've talked and i hope that i haven't like you know said something that pe people were thinking i was meaning in derogatory ways i was just you know the things that i was saying you know just looking just things that crossed my mind or whatever that i don't normally get a chance you know a platform to talk about things like mm -hmm. that on but uh i really do appreciate it that you know i'd like to do more stuff like this and and, and i and i'd hope to be able my my idea is to one day is to especially whenever old uh, elon musk gets his satellite up, <laughs> get my stuff I'm, i want to have a lot more kind of casual conversations and stuff like this that that you know that you guys kind of have and i'd love to have you guys on the show because uh, i'm sure your perspective and stuff on on what everything is is pretty cool too um you know the the ideas that you guys have as race fans because you obviously have a passion for it too or you wouldn't dedicate the time that you dedicate to it right, <laughs> right now exactly exactly, exactly. We, we that's we just, all we started this that's huh? all we started because we would be having these conversations um and we decided like you know if we're going to have these conversations all the time might as well be recording them <laughs> there might be a person or two listening <laughs> you know some some of the best conversations i've ever had i've walked away and said damn it why didn't I roll a tape recorder? I mean, <laughs> to go and talk to Randy Hawkins or to go talk to Fred Andrews or go talk to Barry Hawk or Stu Baylor or Walker Fowler or Chris Borch or, or Caleb Russell or, you know, any of the guys, you know, it's the U-Haws, the, the David Knights. I mean, the icons of our sport, the conversations that I've had, you know, the casual conversation and affairs. I mean, I, those are the types of things that I wish I could capture and bring to to the world and i hope to be able to do that sometime because i mean you know those guys want to be known like that i mean they all have images and stuff that they they have to portray and you know with, with the style and the format that i do right now they they, they try to do that but you know uh, uh once i get uh we get you're going to see a big change i think in quad radio and in 10 seconds my podcast uh, or video cast blog cast whatever you want to call them <laughs> Uh, in the future and 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 we'll get a, a lot more of that kind of stuff but um uh and and the one thing that you know that that I, that I like to focus on with my podcast as much as I like to talk about the pro stuff I like to talk about the amateurs and the youth um you know 
whenever you look at things that, you know, I mentioned there, you you got nine to 15 guys on the pro row. That's nine to 15 guys that, you know, that, you know, it seems like so much emphasis is put on when in reality, the heart of GNCC is everybody that lines up behind. That's them. right. Exactly. Yeah. It really, really is. It's, it's you. Uh, it's my son that, you know, that started racing trail rider class this summer, moved up to the, uh, this, this, this past spring and, and moved up to the 85 class, you know, the 12, 13 class or whatever, up to mm-hmm. row three. And, you know, seen himself go from 276th overall to, to 86 overall you know yeah. i mean yeah uh it, it, it's about those people man i mean it's about david hawkins and damian hawkins you know that that you know that that love that their family is so into it it's it, it's about it's it's there's so many people man thad duvall and his family watching them grow up you know Thad is a legacy of gncc uh with his dad chad being an atv racer and you know watching him race and uh, I mean, it, it's it's great, you know, and the amateurs, that's where the people are. That's where the rising stars are, you know, those youth riders and stuff making their way up uh, from that 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 70 CVT class on, you know, or the 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 micro 50 class that you see. You know, I mean, that, that, that's the heart of GNCC racing. And that 74 year old guy that, that hits, hits the first turn every week <laughs> on in that platinum 70 plus class. That's crazy man it's crazy it's 74 so years old and still racing a motorcycle competitively hey yeah. can i give two shout outs right now absolutely 60 i think she's 63 years old jill zinc races in the atv class women's atv actually i think no she races in the 60 plus class against the men she races in the 60 plus class on the atv jill zinc she works i think for like rolls royce or something like that <laughs> an engineer cool. or something yeah, and then you're like she, it's crazy, and then Claudia Daniel Wicks, she's mm-hmm. in her sixties. She she races two wheel motorcycles, and well, I guess motorcycles are two wheels, but anyway, you know, <laughs> she races the two wheels. Um, but those two ladies are two of the most dedicated to off road racing that I think I've ever seen. Um, Claudia made, I think it took her like two hours almost to make, or maybe a little over two hours to make her lap the other day. Um, but she made a lap in that treacherous condition there Man. at GNCC on Sunday. <laughs> so my hat's off to Claudia. Uh, but you know, I love it. I, it, it and like I say, it, I love GNCC cause it's, a, there's a class, anybody and everybody. Can go yeah. Yeah. That's the coolest part. I mean, it's, it's something for everybody. And even mm-hmm. if you don't want to, even if you don't want to throw your leg over a bike, it is still awesome just to be there. Yeah, you could be a part of it, being right, you know, being one of the mud fleas or standing. Yeah. You know, I mean, that is, that is, it, it is the greatest sport. I, it's the greatest motorsport that I've ever been around. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. And, uh, but uh, anyway, that you know, that that's why you know I started my 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 stuff when I started it uh, back in 2012. Quad Radio I wanted to give people the opportunity especially on the atv side of things to get to know you know at first i started doing the pro stuff and then i realized hey wait a minute you know there's a lot of amateurs out here that rec that that need the recognition and deserve the recognition as well and so that that's why we did that and and like i say you know once once i get more uh inter- better internet service we're going to see a lot more <laughs> like that well, on the Hey, we're excited for that. Honestly, Quad Radio in 10 Seconds is part of the inspiration as to why we even mm-hmm. started doing this. Um, uh, we loved 
all the content that we got from GNCC uh, podcast, and we wanted to to, to throw our um, to throw ourselves in there as well. So it was uh, yeah. it's been it's been really cool, uh, you know, having kind of uh, heard all of your your stuff and and some of the other podcasts that uh, that cover the sport. Um, yeah, but uh, Rodney. Again, thank you so much. Uh, it's been an honor to have you on the show mm-hmm. and to get your perspective from your career to the r- current racing. Um, there's just a lot of uh, information to unpack in this ep- episode, and we <laughs> we appreciate you being a part of it. We do have one question, though, before we let you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Last question of the show, and it's probably the hardest question of the show. We ask it to everybody that's been on the show for the first time, and it is, if you had to pick one fast food and one uh, candy – for the rest of your life, and that's all you could eat as far as fast food and candy goes, what would it be? Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's the hardest one, isn't it? <laughs> you know, at one time, I probably would have said Wendy's, but they changed their pickles. So. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and, then it would have been, and then it would have been steak and shake burgers. And then they've gone and changed their pickles. Um... <laughs> uh, Oh god, man! My fast food. (laughs) (laughs) Toughest question of the podcast. It always is. is, That is probably the. I mean, if you had to pick one. I mean, would like a pizza joint be considered? Uh, yeah, a sure. I mean, sure. Like then, a local pizza, local pizza joint. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. There. Okay, if I had to pick one eatery that I had to eat from every night. Would it have to be one sa- one sandwich the whole? Sa- no, no, no the, the whole restaurant's on the table. <laughs> oh, God bless. If we were talking like restaurants, and not necessarily, it'd be Cracker Barrel all the way. I mean, there would be. <laughs> but uh, and as far as local fast food joints, uh, pizza shops, it would be uh, there's a place that uh, Giovanni's, and it would be just for their Italian subs alone. Those are killer. <laughs> but I, I guess uh, Big Boy, Frisch's Big Boy. I love okay. a Frisch's. Okay. Big Boy. <laughs> yes, I love Fisher's Big Boy, and they got a, a huge variety on the, in their menu. So yes, it would be a, a big boy. <laughs> there we go. That's awesome. That's different than we typically hear Here. the yeah. hear the standard uh, Chick Fil A right. or uh, Chipotle or stuff like that. So that's awesome to hear. Well, actually, Ch- 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 Chipotle sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah. uh, but but seriously, I get tired of Mexican every night. I like <laughs> like if you go to a, and I don't see the big Shoney, the big boy Shoney, you know, if you go to the right big boy restaurant, you know, you can get all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, I, I like those yeah. Shoney's. I guess Big Shoney's Big Boy. <laughs> I guess yeah. they're the same, right? I know I, I see the sign that says just Big Boy now, and then you see sign that yeah. says Shoney. I yeah. don't know. But Depends anyway. what state you're in, I guess. I guess so, yeah. 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 You can get a Big Boy at Shoney's. I know that. So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it, is, it still tastes the same. So, yeah, that's the one I would pick, the Shoney's Big Boy. All, All right. right. How about candy? And then what was the second one? You, Can- you blew me away on that one. <laughs> candy. Candy. <laughs> Man, I love chocolate a lot. <laughs> I do, and but I've eaten so much. And the York peppermint patty and the Hershey Kisses are probably two of my favorites. And as far as hard candy goes, I like uh, cherry flavored candy. Like uh, I had a Starburst cherry blow pop. Oh, blow pops! 
Oh, wow. <laughs> Man. Blow pops are, hey, hey, I'm a sucker for blow pops. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the flavor of a blow pop. And, and those those cherry starburst blow pop, they got like, they got cherry, they got cherry starburst on the inside and the hard candy cherry on the outside is just freaking amazing uh, <laughs> oh man gosh it's... this could take me a while <laughs> and i like reese and i like all right uh if i had this uh, all right let's go with and i couldn't have any other candy no it's yeah yeah you have to pick one for the rest of your life <laughs> mm, man you suck <laughs> <laughs> that's hard dude i mean that's really really hard because i'm sitting here thinking oh, caramello sounds pretty good yeah, right now <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll go with a caramello all right <laughs> okay, that's great all, all this debating just made me hungry so <laughs> <laughs> i'm going oh, to get a sub right now yep. and get a caramello yep, there, there you go, go. there you go <laughs> and blow <up>. <laughs> yeah. so hey rodney we're not gonna take up any more of your evening we appreciate it uh Again, thank you for coming on. Uh, we look forward to having you on in the future, and then coming on your show in the future. So it's uh, yes. it's awesome to 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 really pick your brain on um, all things racing. And um, uh, like I said, we appreciate you helping us close the season out. Hey, hey, not a problem, and Rodney. I just gotta say, I think you're the coolest one on this show. Oh, geez. Yeah, oh, that's right. Gosh. Hey, all I got to say is, let's go, Brandon. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> yeah, right? Let's go, Brandon. Let's go. Hey, I had I to. I had to teach him last week what, what "let's go, Brandon" actually meant. He had no idea. <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I had to do a little research myself. But hey, man, I, I picked up on it real quick. I yeah. loved it. Yeah, I loved it when Tim Cotter did that on sunday morning did you was you there for that no <laughs> no we did not catch that okay so i think it might have been for the afternoon race or it might have been i don't know but we were on this like really long range delay and this dude just must have just got tired of waiting dude he just fired up his bike and took off <laughs> and, <laughs> Jeez. And, and so talk, tim cotter's out there and he was like okay you know he says okay that's brandon and brandon's gonna take it you know He's like, let's all chant for Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> chant, let's go, Brandon. And then uh, Mikey Waynes, it was funny. He goes, but Mikey, Mikey made a really good, he's like, he's like, I just went down through every race class in this, in the race order. He says, every class has a Brandon. He says, <laughs> the poster board out there and hold it for Brandon say let's go brandon and you could cover every class out there, <laughs> there you go there you go that's a <laughs> there he was doing the let's go brandon thing that i thought that's awesome dude yeah that's, yeah. Like, that's awesome yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> hey rodney <laughs> this has been a blast uh thanks for coming thanks again for coming on the show um like I said, we'll, we'll actually let you go this time. But uh, uh, anybody that wants to listen to any of your material, make sure you guys go to YouTube and check out the Quad Radio and the 10 Seconds Podcast. And, yeah. Uh, hey, and by the way, I uh, Aaron Plessinger, I did an interview with him, on, and my YouTube has like 10,000 views on it That's already. awesome. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, IP yeah, brings so the views, I didn't even man. Promote that one, so. <laughs> one of those is mine, so one of those views is mine. <laughs> cool. So. Thanks, guys. All right, Rodney. Uh, thanks again, and uh, we appreciate it. And we'll talk to you down the road. All right, later on. Later. later. <laughs>
All right, guys, that was Rodney Tomlin. We appreciate him coming on the podcast. Awesome show. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, we're going to start closing it out. But first, we've got to pick the winner of the seat cover. Winner. Put it in the randomizer, winner Brandon. Winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> what? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Brandon, you got that randomizer ready? Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, hang on a second, guys. All right, Brandon, got the randomizer ready? Yep, here we go. And the winner is... Mm, okay. Tree Tagger. Tree Tagger. Tree Tagger. Uh, let me go to his profile real quick. First name is Caden. Caden, make sure you message us and we will get that Guts Racing seat cover out to you. Uh, before we, there was actually four people in the randomizer yes. because three of you guys picked Josh Strang right and one person picked uh, Devin Feehan mm -hmm. right. So, uh, again, that competition is growing and growing we appreciate you guys supporting that yep. and we will be doing that again next year we're probably gonna find a way or two throughout the off season to give away another guts racing seat cover of course mm -hmm. and uh before For my bike yeah brandon, <laughs> i'm joking <laughs> and let's go brandon brandon won congratulations brandon yes. he won the no no he did not win the next guts racing seat cover but uh before we close this out we got to thank our sponsors guts racing seal savers thank you guys for supporting this show we appreciate it we couldn't do it without you guys uh thanks again for ron and Tom for coming on this show yep uh, guys, we will be going to a bi-weekly podcast throughout the off-season, so I uh, might have to wait a little bit longer for material to come out, but uh, we will be here every other week until the GNCC season, or maybe till the beginning of the year when Supercross starts yeah, back up. We'll, yeah, so we can give we'll something to talk about. Yeah, we'll we'll, yeah, so between now and then, guys, thanks for listening, and uh, Splitline, out. Peace. Later.